welcome to the Well-Read Podcast, a bi-weekly discussion on books and reading. I'm Hallie. And I'm Anne. And we are librarians who love to read and talk about books. And today we're going to preview the books we are looking forward to this spring and summer. This is something we do now twice a year uh, where we look ahead at what is coming out and talk a bit about the books that we're looking forward to. Yay! (laughs) Yay. And uh, how do you feel about the books in general that are coming up this spring and summer? Were there a lot you were excited about? Was this an easy decision to pick your books to talk about? I think it was pretty easy. We were were just saying a little bit that that I don't think this is quite as like, oh my gosh, I could have changed out this list five times in the way that I have in other seasons. Mm -hmm. I also just kind of went through a, a list that I had at the ready and decided not to labor my right. my decisions too much so yeah, I'm, I'm very excited about all the things that I picked and I did just realize that most of the things I'm talking about are books that I've loved the last book that the yes. person uh, put out and this is their new book and and normally I feel like I do a little bit more debuts or this is just something that sounded interesting to me but because I'm reading because of the committee I'm reading more currently than mm-hmm. Uh, I typically do, then it's kind of fun to be like, ooh, this person's last book was so great a right. year ago. Now they've got their new book and I'm excited. And so that's that's like a, a kind of a shift in my reading perspective a little bit that's not completely unwelcome. Yeah, it's fun. I mean, I feel like I've been in that boat plenty of times where sometimes the upcoming books are books by authors where I've loved previous books, but then sometimes it's when I'm looking ahead, there are all these new books I'm so excited about. And it's, it's fun to have a mix and match of those, I think. Yeah, for sure. For me, looking ahead, there were so many books I was ex- I'm excited about. I messaged you, Anne, yesterday saying, I could have done this whole episode just on beach reads that I'm excited yeah. about that are coming up in mostly being published in April and May. But I'm saving you all from having to listen to me talk about beach reads the whole time. <laughs> many, not many, there are some favorite authors that have books coming out within the next six months or so. Favorite mm-hmm. authors of mine that have books coming out. So that's an exciting prospect for me because it's fun, always fun to find new authors, but then it's always fun to, to have that sense of this is an author I know I can rely on and just savor mm-hmm. that expectation and that anticipation of looking forward to their book coming out. Yeah, it's. I wonder if maybe we should just do, because we have some st- some standard episodes that we do every year. I wonder if we should do a standard Beach Reads episode yes. every year because yes. you're so good at it. And I, I love make it. myself good so, at it. <laughs> I love it so much. Uh, yes, and I was actually just thinking, I thought you were going to say maybe we should do an episode all about debut Titles, oh, that would be fun. Which would be yeah. kind of fun. All right. Well, uh, I don't think there's much more to say about it. Why don't we get into our books we're looking forward to? Okay. Um, so my first book actually is out already, but I haven't seen it posted a, a ton. So I will uh, pretend that it's <laughs> not something anyone's heard about. So this is uh, House of Cotton by Monica Brashears, and it came out on April 4th. But I picked this because it's being marketed as a Black Southern Gothic novel, and I think about the Beyonce formation video kind of more than I understand why (laughs) I think about. Um, And it has a very Southern Gothic feel to it. And so I was like, oh, this book is, is that not, I I don't know if it's anything like that video, but I'm, I'm 
I have them tied in my head. So that's pretty much what I want to be reading right now. So it's about a 19 year old woman named Magnolia who works at a gas station and she feels really stuck in life because she's poor and she doesn't really have a family, but she's being haunted by her late grandmother. And so one night a man came, a man named Cotton comes in to the gas station and he offers Magnolia a job to model at his family's funeral home. (laughs) And so she accepts but her problems aren't really going away and he has requests that keep getting weirder and weirder. And so I, I'm not going to try to say more about that other than the blurb on the back is so perfect because it says it's about revealing the aftermath of the American plantation and what it means to be poor, black, and a woman in the God-fearing South. Oh my gosh, I want to read this book. That sounds so like, right up your alley. It sounds so great. So that is House of Cotton by Monica Brashears. I think I have an audio advanced listener copy of that. Ooh, I, have to check I bet that that'd be good on audio. All right, my first one is Happy Place by Emily Henry. It comes out <laughs> April 25th. Uh, we love Emily Henry around here. I think yeah. everybody knows that. It is always an exciting time when she there's a new book by her on the horizon. And I pre-ordered this one, and it was funny. I pre-ordered it when she announced it. So I want to say it was last summer maybe that I pre-ordered it and I was stunned to see when I pre-ordered it that it's a hardcover which this is a little inside baseball but that's pretty atypical for romances in general and Emily Henry writes romantic comedies and it's 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 unusual her other books have all come out as paperbacks although I think at least book lovers was a book of the month club pick so oh book lovers for sure I'm looking at it right now it's for sure hardcover oh I had it in paperback oh weird and when it came out Oh, weird. My copy is hardcover. Huh. Strange. Yeah. In any case, she's doing very well. And anyway, <laughs> yeah, so so this is interesting. I wonder what, I wonder if there's a library binding version of it. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I think the whole reason I'm talking about this pre-order hardcover conversation is because I just think it speaks to how popular she is. For that sure. It's coming out as a hardcover instead of paperback. So, This one is about Harriet and Wynne, who met in college and started dating and have been dating ever since, except that they're not. They broke up six months ago, and (laughs) they can't bring themselves to tell their friends. From my reading of some reviews, it seems like they have a very close-knit group of friends from college who love to get together, and they're just so tight. Harriet and Wynne basically don't want to break their hearts by telling them that they are they have broken up and they don't want to impact the dynamics that they have in this friend group. So they decide that on their annual vacation that they always take to this lake, they're just going to pretend to still be dating. And then after that, they'll let everybody know that they've broken up. They spend the week pretending to still be together, even though they're not. And I think this is such a fun take on a fake relationship because usually fake relationships are these two single people who for either because of family pressure or they need to look good at their job or something, they need to pretend to be in a relationship. But I don't think I've ever seen one where the couple has has already dated and they're exes. So this Mm -hmm. is kind of a fun take on that. And so I think that this will give it a nice spin because of course there'll be lots of complicated emotions to work through and there's old attraction still there. So I think that'll be a fun part of the romance. And then from reviews I've read, it sounds like the friendships play a very important part in the story and that you really come to know and love 
the friends in the story as well. So I'm excited about that because I love any sort of friend found family story. And so this sounds like a great mashup of, yeah. of the romance with that other part, which I think Emily Henry does really well. We've talked about it. I think, uh, yes, there's the romance at the center of the story, but there's also a lot about the growth of the characters and right. and things like that. So it makes sense to me that this would focus just as much on the friendships as it does on the relationship. So that is Happy Place by Emily Henry, and it comes out in just a few weeks on April 25th. That is that is another one that I'm so excited about, and I just was I just thought, why am I not? Why have I not read an advanced copy of that yet? That's pretty dumb of me. I should because yeah. I don't have it on pre-order, so why don't I just read an advanced <laughs> copy of it, which I'm sure I have downloaded somewhere. Yes, I had a very last week a very uh, big quandary because right. I <laughs> I have an advanced listeners copy, and I thought, oh no, do I listen or do I wait? But I thought, you know, I listened to people we meet on vacation, and I read Beatreed and Book Lovers, and I enjoyed people we meet on vacation the least so I thought I don't know if it's if the audio factored into that but mm-hmm. I'm just gonna read it because I just love reading hers in print versus yeah. reading via audio so I'm waiting for my pre-order <laughs> okay what's your next one um so another uh perpetual favorite of ours um is TJ Klune and so I'm yes. going to talk about In the Lives of Puppets that comes out on April 25th and um, I know we both adored House in the Cerulean Sea. I, I didn't love Under the Whispering Door as much. No, me neither. Um, no. And I didn't think that was the case. And for me, the reason was that it felt so similar to House in the Cerulean Sea. And so I wanted to see like kind of a different story. I still thought it was good, but but I'm curious of where this one will go because it does feel different than his other books. So it's about three robots <laughs> who live in a secluded forest together with a human named Vic. And one day Vic salvages a, the, the parts of a robot that is named Hap and repairs him into working order. And so Hap then reveals that he knows one of the robots in the house named Geo and that they used to hunt humans together. And so it sounds like accidentally Hap reveals Geo's location to the outside world and Geo is taken back to his old life and so Vic and the other robots have to start a dangerous journey to get him back and rescue him and we both have have discussed that we really love found family books and that's just a, a very kind of comforting thing to read about and so and it's a really big trend in books right now so I think this that that's a lot of what his what TJ Klune's books have focused on and so this is is similar in that sense but seems like a little bit of a different take than what we've seen before um and he also is writing cozy science fiction fantasy and that's kind of like i've recognized is the the sweet spot for me on on speculative mm-hmm. fiction so yeah this i i think this will be really good so that's in the lives of puppets by tj clune yeah i'm looking forward to that one also my next one is love buzz by neely Tubati alexander it comes out may 2nd and this is a romance, and I think it is inspired by that movie called Serendipity that had John Cusack and oh, yeah. I'm blanking on her name. Kate Beckinsale. Yes, Kate Beckinsale. Thank you. But I'll tell you the, the synopsis, and then you can tell me. But um, So it's about Serena, who is in New Orleans for her cousin's bachelorette party. She's kind of having a terrible time. The maid of honor is a complete nightmare. She's not... Serena's not actually that close to her cousin. They're semi-estranged, and she has this awful hangover, and she just is not having a good time. When she runs into this guy named Steven, they meet, and 
start talking and she feels this great spark with him and suddenly she's like oh this this weekend is looking up this guy is very cute and I'm interested and then their conversation gets cut short for some reason Serena has no idea how to reach him they have not exchanged contact information so all she knows about him is that he is also from Seattle which is where she is from he works in the tech industry and maybe a couple of other facts about him but that's it so she gets back to Seattle and she decides that she's going to try to track him down just with this little bit of information that she knows. And it sounds really cute. It also sounds sort of like how I was talking about with Happy Place. It sounds like it's just as much about Serena figuring out what she wants with her own life because she's a very driven, independent person, very ambitious. And I think she starts questioning whether that is what she wants her future to look like or she might want it to look a little bit different. So that is Love Buzz by Neely Tubadi Alexander. That's out May 2nd. It sounds really cute. Doesn't it? It just sounds, yeah, it sounds cute. Next is Yellow Face by R.F. Kuang, and that comes out on May 16th. And it's about two authors who are named June and Athena, and they have similar, like, origin stories. (laughs) They both graduated from Yale, um, I think, in the same year, and they both debuted their books in the same year. But Athena is Asian and June is white. And so Athena's book takes off and June's doesn't, and she assumes that the market is just too flooded by books about white about that are about and by white women and so somehow Athena dies in a freak accident and June is there and sees it happen and so I'm not sure how this plays out but June steals Athena's new manuscript that's about Chinese laborers during World War One and passes it off as her own and she allows her publisher to give her a pseudonym uh, that is her name is Juniper Song and she figures that this is a story that needs to be told and it doesn't really matter who tells it but she definitely allows people to think that she's Asian and so then the book completely blows up it it's super super popular and she has to keep up this balancing act of of hiding her identity mm-hmm. and also she realizes that she'll go really really far to protect the secret so I talked a lot about R.F. Kuang's book Babel last year and mm-hmm. how much I loved it. And I thought this was such an interesting choice yes. for someone who does this like high fantasy. Big fantasy, like, yeah. Yeah. And then this is her follow up. And I, I'm just so, so intrigued by that. Plus, how often have we seen books take on the publishing industry? Like we we might see books that talk about like racism within within mm-hmm. writing but mm-hmm. not necessarily a publishing industry right. in quite the same way and so it just everything about this intrigues me so that yeah. is yellow face by rf kuang yes this is what i'm really looking forward to i left it because i thought you might grab this because i know how much you like Babel, but i am very much interested in this actually and now I do own Babel. I don't know if uh, <laughs> when I'll get around to reading it. But this is way more my speed than the right. fantasy. So I do want to read Babel at some point. But this I definitely want to read when it comes out. My next one is Paper Names by Susie Luau. Or Luo. I'm not sure how you say that. I'm sorry. This comes out May 2nd. So I heard about this one. I had seen a little bit about it. But what convinced me that it's one that I'm putting to the top of my to-be-read list I heard about it from Annie B. Jones, who is the owner of a bookstore called The Bookshelf in Georgia. She also has a podcast I believe I've talked about here called From the Front Porch. Her recommendations tend to overlap quite a bit with mine, with my tastes for 
some of my reading tastes. Um, and so she loved it and compared it to Little Fires Everywhere and Such oh, a Fun okay. Age. And those are both books that I absolutely loved. So I just thought as soon as I heard that, as soon as I heard she gave it a rave review, I thought this is what I want to read. So it is set over three decades and is told from three different perspectives. There's Tony, who was an engineer in China, but when he immigrated to the United States, he became a doorman in New York City, I believe. And then his daughter, who we initially meet when she is nine years old, and then we watch her grow up over the three decades. And then the third perspective is one of the residents of the building where Tony works. This is one of those stories where you get these different perspectives, but then you can tell their stories all intertwine. There's some sort of, I don't know if it's a violent incident or some sort of big dramatic incident, I think. In the description, it's described as being taught panoramic and powerful. And it also talks about the ripple effects of decisions that are made and how that moves through time to affect other situations. So that that all sounds right up my alley. And I would have been intrigued by this anyway, but then hearing those comparisons of little little fires everywhere and such a fun age really, really sealed the deal for me. So that is Paper Names by Susie Luo, and it comes out May 2nd. That one definitely sounds really good. Um, next is The Housekeepers by Alex Hay, and it comes out on the 4th of July. Uh, this oh, is a, yeah, this is <laughs> a historical heist that takes place during London's grandest ball. And I could just stop there because that's yeah, enough. Yeah, that sounds so fun. It's so fun. It's set in 1905, and it's about a woman named Mrs. King, and she is a housekeeper at a grand Mayfair house, which is in London. And she's been born, um, she was born originally to a family of thieves, but she has now gone respectable. But then she's suddenly dismissed from her position and she decides to take revenge by stealing the valuables from her employers. And she recruits a gang of uh, like-minded women to help her in this. (laughs) So they decide to do this on the night of the house's most famous costume ball and they're just going to take everything. <laughs> so it feels like Downton Abbey meets Ocean's 8. And yeah. I just think it sounds so much fun. <laughs> that sounds so fun. So that is The Housekeepers by Alex Hay. I, I want to read that one too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. My next one is The Covenant of Water by Abraham Verghese. Abraham uh, I've also heard it pronounced Verghese. I'm not sure which is the preferred Oh, yeah. I always have said Verghese, but... I always say Verghese, but anyway, it comes out May 2nd, regardless of how you say his last name. And his previous novel was published in 2009. It was Cutting for Stone, which was a big, I think it was a bestseller, but it was certainly very big with book clubs at the time. Felt like everybody was reading it. It was so good. I've actually read it a couple of times, but we have clearly been waiting a long time for his follow-up. I mean, it's been... Uh, 14 years since he wrote or since Cutting for Stone was released. This one sounds like it's very much in the same vein of Cutting for Stone. It's a big, hefty family saga. It takes place from 1900 to 1977 on South India's Malabar coast. And it follows one family with an unusual situation where in every generation, one member of the family dies by drowning. And they live on the coast. There's water everywhere. So this is obviously something that they have to contend with when you know that one member of the family dies every generation. 
So this, the descriptions of this one say it has all the trademarks of cutting for stone. It's deeply moving. It has complex characters. It has a lot of heart to it, um, also a little bit of humor. So if you read Cutting for Stone, I think that you are probably eagerly awaiting this one like I am. Um, it's a, it was one of one, a standout book for me when, when I read it. And so that is The Covenant of Water by Abraham Berghese coming out May 2nd. That was such a perpetual evergreen book to oh, Cuttings yeah. for Stone. Like at the library, I, I definitely wasn't paying attention to it when it came out because um, mm-hmm. I was in grad school. But then at the library, people would ask for it all the time. And I'd be like, what is this book that I have yeah. no idea? Like, because it didn't seem to be so much of a like Oprah book that you heard about it in the media, but then mm-hmm. just always got requests for it. So mm-hmm. it's it seems like the audience will be really big for that. Yeah. And I'll say if you have not read Cutting for Stone, I would still to this day recommend it. It was a very powerful book. It's about twins and their doctor. They, I mean, it follows them from the time they're born. And again, family relationships. And there's a lot about, I think Abraham Verghese was a doctor, I think, because there's a lot of medical information that is woven through Cutting for Stone. And I think through this one, this new one, mm. Covenant of Water as well, but in a way not dry and boring, very interesting. So Yeah. Um, okay, next is The Weaver and the Witch Queen by Genevieve Gornicek, or Gorichek, sorry. And that comes out on July 25th. And you and I both loved The Witch's Heart. And I know for you that was a big surprise, love. Um, and so this is the follow-up book. So it's about two girls named Odni and Gunhild. And they meet in 10th century Norway. And they form a close bond and eventually decide to become blood sisters along with Gunhild's sister, Signy. And Signy is kidnapped, and Odni decides to go after her. Actually, I think it's Odni's sister. I think I mis- mistyped that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, there's a lot of names here that are <laughs> not very familiar. <laughs> so um, Odni goes after her and uh, to rescue her, even though what she really qua- is craving is a quiet life. She doesn't she doesn't have like hero aspirations. Mm-hmm. And um, on the other hand, Gunhild has always sought power, and so she decides to learn witchcraft, and she learns through that that her destiny is to become the Queen of Norway. So they're on very, very different paths, but their blood sisterhood is going to bring them back together. So this just sounds like a kind of fantasy, but epic, historical, mm-hmm. Viking mm-hmm. tale, and I, I like I like Vikings very much. So that is The Weaver and the Witch Queen by Genevieve uh, Gorichek. Yeah, I'm so glad you picked this one because this was one that I debated about including on my list. I'm looking forward to it also. Oh, good. I'm glad. Next for me is The Celebrants by Stephen Raleigh. <gasps> it, <laughs> it comes out May 30th. This is, I think, going to, so my birthday is on June 1st, so I think this is going to be a little birthday present for myself. I think I'm going to go to the bookstore and buy it on my birthday. Oh, fun. Oh, it's so but, cute. <laughs> I think you can tell from Anne's reaction as well. We love Stephen Raleigh. We loved The Gunkle, which came out a couple of years ago. Um, you know we've talked about it multiple times on the podcast. But I was so excited to see he has a new book coming out. This one is about a group of friends, who another one like Happy Place, who met in college. <laughs> and after one of the members of their group dies, they make up. And I, I can't tell if it's in college or after. I'm not sure. But they make a pact to throw living funerals every few years. And the idea behind it is that it will remind them all of all the things that they have in life that make their lives worth living and to show how loved they are which makes me think that maybe their friend dies by suicide. I don't know. I'm 
I'm making a lot of assumptions here. They've been doing these living funerals for 28 years when one member of the group receives an unexpected diagnosis. So at their next gathering, it takes on this whole new meaning because they might be losing this member of their group sooner than expected. So this just sounds like a moving, heartfelt, found family story. I always love when we, in a book, get to see a group grow and change over the course of the book, which mm -hmm. I'm hoping we get to see in this one. And I also love stories where characters get to reflect on their past and where they thought they would be versus where they actually are in life. Uh, that is something that I am drawn to in books. And so I think knowing that the author is one I've loved, his, all of his previous work and the elements of the story, I'm really hopeful this is going to be a big hit for me. So that is The Celebrants by Stephen Rowley. It comes out May 30th. I think that just sounds like a like a slam dunk yeah, book. I, do I don't too. see how it can go wrong. Next is How Can I Help You by Laura Sims, and it comes out on July 18th. And the cover of this is a burning due date card pocket. I know. <laughs> and so I knew I had to include this because that's that's... I feel that. So, um, so um, the main character is Margot, and she is a stereotypical middle-aged librarian, and she works at a small-town library, and she's actually hiding her real identity as a former nurse who murdered countless patients and got away with it. But she has determined she's going to live a normal life. So there is a new hire, a new librarian uh, named Patricia comes and thinks that there's something sinister she sees something in Margot that's sinister and so she is determined to find out what that is and so one day a patron dies in the library bathroom and Patricia suspects that suspects that Margot had a role in this and so they sort of begin circling each other and become obsessed with each other and I just think this is such a perfect setting for this kind of story mm -hmm. that's that's maybe not obvious to people who don't work in libraries or haven't worked in a public library mm -hmm. because it's contained mm -hmm. and libraries are super weird mm -hmm. in ways that I think the public doesn't realize and so there's that tension between the the like public facing hospitality mm -hmm. of the library but then all the conflict behind the scenes mm -hmm. that I just I feel this book so much so not that there was any ever as far as I know as far as you know I think too any sinister uh things going on in the library but i can i can see this becoming a thing at the library so um that is how I, can i help you by laura sims oh also i really liked her her last book uh which is called looker and so that's huh. that's been um it's just a very slim book about a woman who come, be, becomes obsessed with a celebrity that lives in her neighborhood and oh, so um i think she does like that that uh sort of descent into mm -hmm. into like I'm interested in this to obsession really really well and just has very claustrophobic feeling books so yeah I don't know why I feel this book so much <laughs> you'll have to read it let me know if it's a book for me I can't quite tell I feel like it yeah might, it might go too dark for me but maybe yeah 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 but I, I will be sure to tell you <laughs> um, my next one is The Whispers by Ashley Audrain it comes out June 6th and people might remember I really liked Ashley Audrain's previous book called The Push. Yes. And it was one that was sort of hard to recommend because it was not your typical thriller, but it 
definitely I found it incredibly compelling, very uncomfortable at times to read, but so interesting. So I was basically since the push came out and I read it, I've been chomping at the bit for her next book. Uh, this one takes place in a well-to-do neighborhood where one day there's a barbecue where all the families in the from the street gather. And while they're there, everybody's, you know, having a good old time. And then at one point they hear one of the mothers really exploding in anger at her son because he is disobeying her. And it kind of gives everybody pause, but because they're so polite, nobody, it seems like nobody does anything or says anything. Everybody just goes about their business. But then later that night, her, I think it's the same night. I'm not sure, actually. Might be a few days later. Her son falls out of the window in the middle, uh, <gasps> out of his window in the middle of the night. Oh, my gosh. And then he ends up in the hospital, and the mother sits by his side, his mother sits by his side, and won't talk to anybody. So the story covers the next three days after this big fall out of the window as everyone starts talking and figuring out what happened that led up to that party and then the child's fall out of the window. So it sounds a little bit like Big Little Lies to me, like you're getting these different perspectives of Mm -hmm. these wealthy people in this neighborhood where there was this act of violence perhaps, or maybe it was an accident. And uh, I don't know, I'm fully in on this one. I can't wait to read it. It's The Whispers by Ashley Audrain. It comes out June 6th. So awesome. I want to read that right now. And I've got, (laughs) I've thought that like five times. I know, they're all so good. That has to be in my next book, but yeah. Oh, okay. So next is another thriller. It's uh, Just Another Missing Person by Jillian McAllister. And it comes out on August 1st. And this is another. We loved her last book. Yeah. Um, she wrote Wrong Place, Wrong Time. And I thought that was just such a creative take on a thriller. And that seems to kind of be her thing is to expand the genre in ways that I don't see very often. That's not a knock on other thrillers. I just, mm-hmm. they can they can sort of do the same thing. And so to have her trying to do like the last one was a going back in time situation and and kind of time travel was it was just really interesting so um this one is about a woman named named uh olivia who's 22 and she is seen on cctv this is in the uk um and she's seen entering an alley but she never comes out and so julia is the detective that's assigned to the case and i just realized that that the names of these two women are are the names of my nieces who are the same Aww. age which is that's cute I don't think it's on purpose on Jillian McAllister's part. She doesn't know me. You don't think? I don't know. I guess I should ask her on Instagram. Julia thinks she knows how this case is going to play out, but she instead sees the case turn on its head because she is told that her own family will be threatened if she finds out who killed Olivia and that she has to frame someone else for this murder. And that just instantly hooked me. So (laughs) I think that sounds very, very fun. And uh, so I'm excited to read this one. That is Just Another Missing Person by Gillian McAllister, or Gillian. Yep. I'm not sure how she pronounces it, Oh, actually. yeah, you're right. Yeah, this one's on my list, too. Next, I have The Hundred Loves of Juliet by Evelyn Skye. It comes out August 1st, and this one is intriguing to me. So after a messy divorce, Helen moves to a small town in Alaska where she plans to write a novel and never fall in love again. However... She soon meets Sebastian Montague, who is exactly like the hero she has been writing in the book that she is working on. So literally, it's like he, the, the character has come to life. 
So she tries to dig into who Sebastian is, how he can possibly exist when this is <laughs> he was just a figment of her imagination. But he is determined to keep the truth of his identity from her for some reason that we don't know. So this is a reimagining of Romeo and Juliet. You may have caught that from the last name. Uh, and in the publish, excuse me, in the publisher's description, it talks about trying to forge a new ending for the greatest love story of all time. Mm. So this is interesting. I'm, I'm, again, I'm intrigued by it. Like, is it a, ro- is it going to be a romance? Is it not going to be a romance? We don't know. And it also made me think: Is Romeo and Juliet the greatest story, love story of all time? It is not. I don't think so. I'm sure it's up for debate. But that is The Hundred Loves of Juliet by Evelyn Skye. And like I said, I'm I'm intrigued enough by yeah. that description to give it give it a go. Cool. Um, okay, my last one is With Love from Cold World by Alicia Thompson, and it comes out on August 1st. And yet another book where I loved the last one. Uh, one of my favorite books of last year was Love in the Time of Ser- Serial Killers. And that was a romance that kind of took me off guard. It, it This type of romance just really, really works well for me. So, um, so I'm excited for this follow-up. It's about Lauren, who is a bookkeeper at a bottom-tier amusement park in Orlando called Cold World, which is a winter-themed park. And so that means it's my dream park. That, that sounds so much fun to me. I would 100% go to this place. And she likes the job, even if it's not really terribly exciting, but it's she's kind of, it's it's comfortable. And so one of the men she works with is named Asa, and he is totally bored with his job. And he's always looking for ways to sort of spice things up by pulling pranks and just wants things to be more interesting at, at work. And so one day they're paired up with by their boss to look for new ways to bring in revenue that that are it's kind of a desperate situation. And so they become rivals to find the best idea to bring in some money. But of course they click, but they also drive each other nuts because that's how enemies to lovers work. Mm-hmm. So and I like enemies to lovers tropes, but more so I like people becoming better individuals through the relationship that's that's the trope that i i have recognized as being my thing and so i i thought it was really well done in love in the time of serial killers and so i think that alicia thompson gets to a lot of emotional truths that Mm -hmm. that remind me a lot of emily henry and so i'm pretty excited for this one so that is with love from cold world by alicia thompson my last one is probably my most anticipated book for this Ooh. season. It is Tom Lake by Ann Patchett. It oh. comes out August 1st. I adore Ann Patchett. I have loved pretty much everything I've ever read by her, fiction, nonfiction, everything. I've been to her bookstore with Anne. I just <laughs> love her as an author. And I basically wouldn't need to know one thing about the book to have this as my most anticipated because... Uh, I will read everything she writes. But this one is about three adult daughters who return home to their mother's house at the beginning of the pandemic, I believe. It just refers to spring 2020 in the description. They, of course, are spending a lot of time together because there aren't any of anything else to do, or there isn't anything else to do. And there is an, a cherry orchard at their mother's house. And so they are out one day picking cherries, and they ask their mom to tell them about this famous actor that she once knew and she was in a play or maybe more than one but at least one with this person who is now a very famous actor and it sounds like they had a bit of a romance and they acted together clearly they're not together anymore because it seems like the daughters don't know him so it's not like he's their father Uh, and so the book is about this mother 
telling her daughters and going back into the past and, and reliving that experience. And I've seen, so I follow Parnassus Books, which is Ann Patch's bookstore on Instagram. And she has talked about this book and said it has some sort of relationship with the play Our Town. Our Town. And you don't need to have read Our Town to appreciate the book, but it will give you a better understanding of the book. And so I'm curious, is it that that's just one of the plays they put on or something? Like, I, I'm curious where the connection is because the description doesn't sound anything like the plot of Our Town. So anyway, I'm, I'm obviously going to read this. It's Tom Lake by Ann Patchett. That sounds really intriguing. It, yeah. It's definitely hard to go wrong with her. Yeah, I love her. All right. Yay. That's so fun. So many good books to look forward to in the upcoming months. And uh, we will be sure to share if we're reading them on our <laughs> what we're reading that week or anything, <laughs> what we thought of them. All right. We'll be right back with what we're reading this week. Okay, Anne, what are you reading this week? This week I'm reading Verena Palladino's Jersey Italian Love Story. Oh, I keep seeing this. I'm oh, curious good, good, about good. this one, yeah. Yeah, um, it's by Terry Lynn DeFino, and it is a big family story, and that's not normally my sort of thing necessarily, but the cover has a lot of Italian food on it, and it's bright pink, and so it's very eye-catching, and I like the idea of it. So it's about a woman named Verena Palladino, and she is a widowed mother to three adult children who live in Wildale, New Jersey, which I guess is not a real place because I couldn't find it on a map. <laughs> But she has lived there her whole life, and she actually still lives in her childhood home with her 92-year-old mother, Sylvia. And she has two sons. One is Davide and one is Dante, and they're both successful in business. But um, I think Davide has never married, and as far as I know, maybe that, that's diff- maybe that gets revealed, but Dante is divorced and has his wife is still very close with the family. And then she has a daughter named Donatella who has always been the black sheep of the family and can't seem to get her life together at all. Um, she's kind of in and out of jail for minor. That sounds more serious than, than it actually is. She gets arrested um, mm-hmm. for not being able to control her emotions, essentially, um, and, and just gets into scrapes. And so there's always been a lot of friction between the siblings and a lot of uh, placating by Verena. So... There's also sort of an adopted member of the family who's a neighborhood, he was a neighborhood kid when he was adopted into the family informally, um, who's now an adult and is the same age as the the other Paladino kids. And his name is Polly, and he was kicked out as a teenager when his parents found out he was gay. And so he's sort of the smoothing element, I guess, to to the to the family where he he just he kind of calms everyone down everyone considers him a friend and he works for the family and everyone sees him as their confidant so Verena runs the family deli and it's it's really famous in the neighborhood but Sylvia and Donatella worry that she's unhappy and lonely and they decide that they're going to find her a man and so they put up flyers advertising for grandfathers looking for love (laughs) and uh they are going to be screened by donatella and then they after she decides they're okay she sends them to the deli to place an order but also to ask verena out without her ever knowing that this is the case and so verena in the meantime really just wants to save enough money to go on a river cruise to france and be away from her family for a week and polly is in the middle of this and is growing frustrated with his place within the family and wants to spread his wings but he knows that he really owes everything to them and that 
he he loves them but he also is is recognizing that there's there needs to be some sort of change and then something happens that ties him even closer to the family so this is basically it's kind of a sprawling book about uh, with lots and lots of characters it's it's basically about how you deal with change in a hyper close family and whether those families or whether those changes are going to draw the families closer together or break them apart and what you can survive that like i said there's a giant cast of characters there's a lot of neighbors and a lot of family members and and sort of auxiliary family members but there's a really playful tone without being frivolous and each chapter includes a dictionary entry that explains some element of the jersey italian dialect that is is really really fun um so so far i'm about halfway through it's really charming and mostly it is making me extremely jealous of people that have such a strong italian identity because unlike the paladinos my family immigrated from italy to rural utah and who does that if you're an italian why would you do that so uh in my family there's kind of a running joke of of saying how much better our lives would be if if they had settled in new york and if we could have been real new york italians so um i think about that a lot but um, this has really really good food descriptions too and so much so that i was reading this i was out um at kind of a sort of hard to explain book club but I was reading this at that that location and they were talking about chicken piccata and I was like well I've got to get that right now and so I found an Italian restaurant and had that for dinner and was pretty pleased with myself so that is Rena Palladino's Jersey Italian Love Story by Terry Lynn DeFino. That sounds delightful. Yeah I think you'd like it. Yeah. All right so I had a hard time picking my what we're reading this week because or what I'm reading this week because I'm in the middle of literally five five books I think because (laughs) I am getting old and so reading on my Kindle and reading on my Kindle in bed is much more comfortable than reading the fine print sometimes of a a print book Mm -hmm. uh, like a physical book you're so so old I am so old I know. Well, what happened was let me give you some background. So, so what happened was I was very saddened by the news out of Nashville a couple of weeks ago. And I needed something just total escapist reading. And I've been listening to a podcast called Faded Mates, which some of our listeners might also listen to. It's all about romance books. It's um, co-hosted by Sarah McLean as one of the co-hosts. She's a romance author. And they have just been kind of binging their episodes. I'm really enjoying them. But they kind of sparked me to go back and read some favorite romances of in my romance history not like a current romance more of a classic romance anyway so that's a long way of saying the nashville shootings i just wanted escapist reading and so all of these books that i was had in my head from this podcast were mass market paperbacks which that's pretty small (laughs) print and so and our bedroom's pretty dark at night anyway I don't need to be sharing all this information. The only the reason I'm saying this is because I ended up starting a couple of books on Kindle, trying to decide what to read, and they were all good. And so I literally am in the middle of five books. So, but I wanted to talk about this one because it is, I think, just out this past past week or this coming week. Anyway, it's The House is on Fire by Rachel Beanland. Oh, I almost put this on my list of, of anticipated. Yes. So it is so, so good. About. 
I am about halfway through right now, and it's historical fiction. Rachel Beanland wrote a book several years ago that I feel like just did not get enough attention, although I'm pretty sure I've talked about it on the podcast. Yeah, So for sure. it, it may be familiar to people uh, listening, but it's Florence Adler Swims Forever, and I really liked it. And so I was, I've been paying attention to her next book, I'll say that. And this one is pretty different and still historical fiction, which which Florence Adler lives or swims forever. It was also, but this one takes place uh, in 1811 in Richmond, Virginia, and is about a real historical event. There was a theater that caught on fire the day, the night after Christmas. It's a very cold, wintry night, and a fire starts at this theater. And there are about 600 people in the theater at the time, and so you can imagine it was a lot of chaos as people tried to escape the building as it burned. And so this one, this book is, that is the setting of this book. It is both the night of the fire, the immediate aftermath as these people are trying to escape and then what happens to them as, you know, some of them are hurt and, and some of them die. And then the investigation into what started the fire and, and who caused it. And so, you know, as a reader, that we're, the story is told in four perspectives and one of the perspectives is from a young boy named Jack he's a stagehand and he is sort of the one who starts the fire because he is instructed to raise a chandelier that was overlooked they were supposed to raise it up for the scene you know it was the scene was done that required the sh- chandelier and so He's told to raise it up, get it out of the way, but all the candles on it are still lit. And so he questions, excuse me, he questions the order to to raise it up from the head of the theater because he says this is going to get awfully close to the rafters. And anyway, that's what sets the fire. And so he is one of the perspectives. You get the perspective of an enslaved man who helps some of the uh, people escape that night. And then there's, uh, there are two other women, one who is a widow who, uh, she's young, but her husband has died, and she's there with her sister-in-law. And then another woman who is accompanying, she's also an enslaved person, she is accompanying her, one of the women of the family to the theater. So you get their four perspectives, and they all have their own things going on after this fire and, and during the fire. But of course, let Often in these stories, their their stories intersect in different ways. Anyway, it is so good. It is so absorbing. It's very well written. The characters all feel distinct. Like there's no question about who you're reading about or what you know what they're because it, it jumps back and forth from their different situations. And I'm yeah, I'm really enjoying it. It's 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 a more serious book, obviously, because it's about this fire. Uh, but but it has a lot to say about slavery and class dynamics and all these things at the time, which adds an extra layer to the story of just this dramatic uh, fire. Not just, but you know what I mean? It's not, there's a lot else, there are a lot of other things going on surrounding the story that are all kind of the, the fire sheds light on these different situations that are happening. So that is The House is on Fire by Rachel Beanland. And again, again. I think I think it just came out, but it might be I think it's about out. to come out. Okay, yeah. yeah. Actually, I can't swear to that. It might yeah, come out. It's definitely I, April. <laughs> definitely April, and I feel like early April. I'm just not sure if it was the 4th or the 11th. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
um again another book where i'm like well that's at the top of my list now and so i you can't have 10 books at the top of your list oh I, I know plus there are books that i've missed that i want to read that you know it's like oh how do you choose how do you yeah. choose there are so many books to read all the time that sound amazing it's like how yeah. do you prioritize what to read and we have pesky jobs that get in the way and right i know other people in our lives that demand attention and if, don't they know, know. we have if list. only we were independently wealthy and could just spend our days reading. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's go back, say all the books we talked about. I talked about House of Cotton by Monica Brashears, In the Lives of Puppets by T.J. Klune, Yellow Face by R.F. Kwong, The Housekeepers by Alex Hay, The Weaver and the Witch Queen by Genevieve Gorchek, How Can I Help You by Laura Sims, just Another Missing Person by Jillian McAllister, uh, and With Love from Cold World by Alicia Thompson, and what I'm reading this week is, Barina, is Verena Palladino's Jersey Italian Love Story by Terry Lynn DeFino. And I talked about Happy Place by Emily Henry, Love Buzz by Neely Tubati Alexander, Paper Names by Susie Luo, The Covenant of Water by Abraham Verghese, The Celebrants by Stephen Rowley, the Whispers by Ashley Audrain, The Hundred Lives, or excuse me, The Hundred Loves of Juliet by Evelyn Skye, Tom Lake by Ann Patchett, and one of the books I'm reading this week is The House is on Fire by Rachel Beanland. So if you'd like to reach out to us and let us know what books you are looking forward to this spring and summer, we would love to hear about it. You could also give us a suggestion for an upcoming topic you'd like us to cover. You can reach us at wellreadpod at gmail.com that's email obviously you can find us on facebook or instagram we used to be on twitter we're not really on twitter anymore so facebook and instagram are the best places to find us at wellread podcast please rate and review us on however you are listening to this podcast also if you have friends who like books and want to pass the word along that way we would love it to to have more people be aware of the show yes please Our theme music is Kitten by Poddington Bear. We keep our show notes at wellreadpodcast.wordpress.com where you can find a listing of every book we talked about in this and every episode. Thank you all for listening and happy reading.